Welcome to the Sarah and T Podcast. I'm Sarah Bradford. And I'm Tim Cafferty. I own Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue, managing over 400 vacation rentals at the beach. And I used to own Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, managing over 150 vacation rentals in Colorado. But now I just fill my time with pickleball and podcasting. Yeah, yeah. But you know more about this business than most people ever learn. So you're still stuck with me. So for the next 30 minutes or so, we invite you to join us as we dig into topics, tips, and advice from our long history in this crazy business. And we're going to have some fun while we do it. We're back and better than ever. I'm Sarah. And I'm Tim. How's it going out west today, Sarah? It's a lot cooler than it was in Arizona when I just visited. It's beautiful. It's finally summer. And I'm actually headed to Pennsylvania. But today we have someone that is not in any of those locations. We have what I would call the cheerleader of our industry, Tim. Who do we have? One of the most positive guys and one of my best friends in this industry. The man himself, John Suzuki, coming to us from San Diego, <laughs> California. Hey, John. Hey, you guys. Thank you for having me. And hello to all of you out there. So you may wonder, why are you having John Suzuki on a podcast? A lot of you guys know him. I go back to the Escapia days when you were in sales and then you moved over to Homeway. Now you're with the Expedia brands. And I think your title is Global Evangelist and Ombudsman for the Expedia Group and Verbo. Yep. Best job and best title in the entire company. <laughs> Until your title that you have now, and that is retired. <laughs> That's right. So you're calling it a career, John. I am. It's been 18 years in this amazing, wonderful industry. And I got a little bit of philosophy in life. I think everybody's got three careers. The first career is to learn. The second career is to earn. And the third career is to return and give back. And that's kind of, I'm jumping into my third 30 years. It's all about making the world better and bringing people together, hopefully. So yeah, I'm excited. Does that mean you're 60? <laughs> yeah. You I'm don't 60. 60. Okay, go ahead, Tim. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 90 seconds into the podcast, we got our first pullover <laughs> moment, John. We are setting the strong pace here, but you've always been such a positive guy. Everybody, even if you can't see him, you know he's smiling right now. He's always just full of energy. Even when we've disagreed with each other, we've always had a happy relationship. So John, how was that positivity? Where did it come from? The one thing I remember way back in my life, I was probably five years old. I saw a bumper sticker. Of all things, it was a bumper sticker. And the bumper sticker said, smile, it no going broke your face. It was, it was a Hawaiian bumper sticker, right? And that stuck with me forever. And I thought to myself, you know, what's the alternative? Being miserable? If you're going to have to live this life, be happy and try to enjoy it. Yeah. So I've just, I've just made that part of my life a long time ago. That's awesome. I agree with that a million percent. I'm sure when VRBO did matchback, though, it was kind of hard to keep the smile <laughs> and kind of no broke your face. <laughs> I remember. They got rid of that. So, John, I had coffee with two people in our industry that you know. I won't mention their names. Great guys. And I said, hey, I got to go because I'm interviewing John Suzuki. And both of them 
you could see the energy fill them and a smile went on their face. And they said, I love that guy. And I don't really know you that well. We have not spent a ton of time together. And I said, oh, okay, well, tell me, like, what should I ask him? And what should I give me some ideas? And they said, well, first of all, tell him that he makes hating OTAs difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. VRVO. And that they attribute your efforts to their feelings about VRBO now, that it's really differentiated versus the other company that they don't feel great about. And that, you know, your evangelism, I guess you'd call it, everything you've done has, they said, made them hate VRBO less. So, way to go. (laughs) I'll take that as a compliment. Well, I'll tell you, you know, you brought up the match back and that was tough times. That was really, really tough times. And we admitted it as a company that we didn't execute as optimally as we could have and should have. And we certainly did not communicate the way we could have and should have. Those times were, were really tough. I know Tim has heard me say this. Your actions are speaking so loudly, I can't hear a word you're saying. And our actions were, a lot of times they were just bad. I remember one of my best friends in the industry, she called me up and she says, John, why are you still with that company? She says, the the company is using your reputation and it's just not good. People are wondering what's going on in your head. And I told her, I said, you know what? I said, I love this industry. I want this industry to thrive. I can get a job in high tech any place. And I told her, but you know what? I can't do anything for you from the outside. I can't because I I love you guys. And and it was just a matter of educating the company and of what property managers do, because you guys are really, really complicated businesses. I've asked the question in front of a thousand people. How many of you think that you manage your businesses and your rates exactly the same as anybody else in this room? And nobody will raise their hand. And then I'll, right? then I'll ask the question, how many of you guys think you do the same, you manage your business the same way as anybody else on planet Earth? And of course, everybody will laugh and nobody raises their hand. And it's just been a process of educating the folks within HomeAway and Verbo and then Expedia Group. But I'll tell you, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. And property managers are esteemed within Expedia Group and Verbo now about the highest of any segment of travel within vacation rentals, within the entire travel ecosystem. I've always said for 18 years that someday vacation rentals are going to hit the mainstream of travel. The last two years, not only did vacation rentals hit the mainstream of travel, vacation rentals became the mainstream of travel. They beca- you, be- you became the powerhouse of travel in total. The professionalism through COVID-19, the refunds and the credits that well into the high 90 percentile vacation rental managers gave there, it was unbelievable. And every time the bar of professionalism was raised, everybody performed spectacularly. And now you look at us, right? I mean, when I started, Craigslist was a big thing just getting started, right? And now you look at, at, at the world of vacation rentals and, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm just so happy. And I'm just so grateful for having had the opportunity to be part of this. So you talked about the down times. What are some of the great memories you have about the happy times? Oh my gosh. The thing I loved about, loved and love about this industry is the energy. 
It's the energy and it's to you guys. It's being part of something where you can change the world and travel is part of changing the world and bringing the world together and making the world a better place. And you guys are front row center in delivering wonderful vacation and family experiences and bringing families together and bringing people together. And, and my, my greatest experience is, is experiencing you guys, you know, and experiencing what you guys deliver. When I go, when I go on vacation, I'm, ex I'm experiencing you guys all the time. There was a time when there was a great debate, owners versus property managers. And I always said, of course, I'm biased for, for property managers, right? But I always said that property managers were absolutely, unequivocally, undebatably going to come out on top. And the reason is because of technology. And it's because your experience and your understanding of the business and, and your adoption of new technology, because let, let, let's, let's face it, your business is now a high-tech business. Travel is now high-tech. And your ability to adopt technology is going to is, is going to have is going to let you win the day. Great point on that. I have a question for you to see if you follow this series of events I've been thinking about. So okay. many people are selling their businesses right now. I'm sure you've heard about them, right? Sure. Many were announced just in the past couple of weeks. And some in the industry are saying, what's happening? Are we just all consolidating? Is this going to change everything forever? I want to get your take on that. But I was thinking about it. Why is everyone selling right now? Besides the multiples are good and you know it's good economy. And I was thinking that so many of us started like I did. Not necessarily like Tim did. Tim grew up in this industry, which is pretty rare. And the way I started was we owned a vacation rental. We were the owner, but right. VRBO had just come out and that guy's basement in Aurora. And then Brian Sharples bought it. Sure. Mm -hmm. and started making VRBO something we heard about. And that was around 20 years ago. And around 20 to 17 years ago, when I showed on, up on the scene, I all of a sudden could rent my place on my own. Well, I'm one of the ones that enjoyed it. And so then added more, added more and started a company that way as many yep. did. Many of my female owner friends especially did that. Now they all seem to be selling. And I was thinking, why is that? Well, because 17 to 20 years is a long time to do this. And now we're technology companies. We've raised our kids. We're tired. We're hitting the 50s, the 60s. And I think that's why so many people are exiting. Not that there's not amazing profits and future of this industry. So that's my philosophy. And I'm looking to younger people to then jump in now and start their own companies. What do you think of that assessment? I love that assessment. You had mentioned the consolidation and the acquisitions and all that activity that's going on. That is probably going to continue to happen forever. But at the same time, the, to me, the wonderful thing about this business is that you can start a new business and that, irrespective of the big companies that are acquiring Rampage right now, wonderful opportunity for people like you to be able to reap the benefits of your, your hard work, right? You know, you'd mentioned in their 50s and 60s. I just turned, I just, I'm just turned 60. And excuse my French, but you guys might have heard the acronym that I created, TSH. And TSH stands for this shit's hard. I always admire you guys because you guys run 
such amazing businesses and such a hard segment, right? I mean, hospitality is tough. Vacation rentals, it takes it to a different level of complexity. Moving forward, I know that technology is, is moving forward. Younger people <laughs> understand the, the new technology, right? To, to, to your point, I mean, I, that's part of my reason is that I'm looking at all the new stuff that we implement at an Expedia group and I go, okay, enough, enough, enough. I can't keep up, right? But the younger folks are like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so, you know, sometimes time for us to step aside and let other people do it. I hope this doesn't come off as my bias, but I will say that for, for people who are running or want to continue to run their own businesses or want to start a business, the one thing that the OTAs offer is they offer an ability to sort of kind of level the playing field. And what I mean by that is that companies like Expedia Group, they want to share their technology to their partners. They have their partner success team. They want you to pick up the phone and call them so that they can tell you how to improve your listings. And one of the things I tell people, I've told people forever, is that whether or not you use, and I'll say Airbnb and I'll say Booking.com, and Expedia Group, whether or not you use them, watch what they're doing. Watch what they're doing. Use them as a research site, if nothing else, because whatever shows up on their websites has gone through thousands of hours of vetting and research. And so if nothing else, just keep an eye on what they're doing. And some companies like Expedia Group, they're in the process of offering more and more of their data and delivering that to you. They can offer that help that small companies don't have that the big companies do. For me, that's something we haven't exactly said on the podcast before, especially for your website. Look at what the OTAs are doing because they have researched the way that people book. It's just free out there. You can go look at <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. John, I've known you a while. If you're comfortable, can you talk to us about your parents? And your positive attitude, how it was developed? Wow, I've never been asked that question before. My dad uh, was born in Montana. My grandfather was helping to build the railroads out west at the time. And he was born in a little town called Guilford, Montana. And at that time, it had three grain elevators and a general store. That's all there was in Guilford, Montana. But he grew up as an American. And I mean, red, white, and blue, fought in World War II retired with the Air Force, responsible for auditing all of the Air Force bases along the Pacific Ocean. So he was a major, major position of power. And he was a typical Asian dad, a great provider, really didn't want anything to do with raising the kids except scolding them and making sure that they got a good education and that my sister and I got a good education. But he was a tough guy. When he retired, I left the house. I left home. He was just a real tough, tough, tough character. And my mom was actually born in Japan, and she was in Japan during World War II. And she didn't speak that much English, but the heart that my dad didn't have, my mom made up for in spades. And, and I'm going to try to not... Um, wow, sorry. Um, but she brought, she, she, she brought the love in our house. And, uh, but neither of, them, neither of them were really happy people. <laughs> Both of them were... My mom was especially very, very shy. So I, I don't know how I came out the way I did, but amazing parents and uh, in a lot of ways want to make them proud. I think that the biggest difference is in our focus. I've always wanted to be with people. I've always wanted to be part of 
making the world better and being happy. And I've got a, a handful of cardinal rules. One of them is always give the other person the benefit of the doubt and always be forgiving. Always try to look at life through the shoes of the people you're working with. My third one is never deal with unpleasant people because life is too short. Of course, you have to deal with unpleasant people and you got to love everybody, but protect your spirit and be gentle, be respectful, but always respect your spirit. I don't know if I answered your question, but um, I, I didn't know how to answer that. So, and Is there a book in your future? Yeah. I've been working on this for about 14 years. It's a book about the Japanese-American experience during World War II. And th this has been a gift that dropped in my lap. I don't know how. It's a story about a man who was interned in the Japanese-American concentration camp in Idaho. And the amazing thing about it is a lot of people know about the concentration camps, but this guy volunteered out of the concentration camp to fight for the United States Army, who put him and his family into this concentration camp. And he went to war and joined the 442nd, which was a segregated Japanese-American fighting unit that went on to become the most decorated war unit in the history of the United States. And he became one of the most decorated soldiers in the 442nd and therefore in World War II with six purple hearts, a bronze star, a silver star. It's a true story. It's total nonfiction. I've met their family. I became really good friends with this guy's wife. And it's a promise that I made that I was going to make this book to fulfill a request of his name is Shiro Kashino to continue educating people on what happened during World War II and to make sure that what happened during World War II never happens again. So when is that coming out and why is that not a movie? Are you going to star in it? <laughs> yeah, one step at a time. It will come out this year and I'm in the, in the final stages of it, certainly by Christmas, but sometime this fall. I'll be coming out with it. I want to read that. I was never taught about the Japanese concentration camps internment. My mother educated me about that. And I remember when mm -hmm. she told me about it and I thought, why didn't they ever tell me that in high school, middle school? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And this is part of it. When I first, I don't know what the words are, when this, when this whole thing fell into my lap, that was the very first thing I actually visited the concentration camp where Shiro Kashino went to. It's in, in Idaho. And as we were leaving, they had this thing that looked like a billboard. And on this billboard was the names of all the men who volunteered out of the camp to fight for the army. And I just looked at that and I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, who would do that? Yeah. And it was at, it was at that moment, my first impression was this needs to be a movie. The shortest way to the American consciousness is through a major motion picture. We'll see what happens. But I'm, uh, my promise was to get the book done. Guarantee you someone's listening right now that is saying concentration camp in Idaho, huh? So, okay, you're going to write a book. What else do you think you might do? I'm actually going to do a podcast. I'm going to launch a podcast next month. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's something my, my daughter and my son for 10 years have been asking me to do. And it's going to be called Finding Better. And it's about my experiences, and it'll be about guest experiences of just growing up and living life and understanding how to live a good life to live a good life. The, the stuff that, that young people are taught out there now is just so much garbage. The words hard work. We're a policy, whatever it is, at UCLA, we're deemed racial terms. Hard work. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. So you guys, it's okay to want more for yourselves. Hard work is a gift. And letting people know that the, the life you make from this point forward is your life to choose. Everything that happens in your life is based on decisions that you make, you know, stuff like that. And so I'm just, and so my, my I asked my daughter, I said, who the heck is going to want to hear anything I have to say? She says, dad, you know what? I don't know, but there's a lot of people that need to hear your messages. So just put it out into the universe. People need to find it. Somehow they'll find it. And I told her, I said, I can do that. For me, it's a labor of love. It's part of giving back. It's to me, sounds like you're going to keep on evangelizing. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah going, to, going to keep on. I'm, I'm definitely going to keep on working. But the, I, if, if I can, uh, I want to share something really exciting. I'm also later in the year looking to establish a high-tech nonprofit company. And it's all about making the world better by bringing people together. The idea that we have this group of of six of us, amazing, amazing people, present company excluded. But we we had this ideas meeting and we, we came to the realization that retired people and the elderly represent the greatest pool of knowledge and experience on planet Earth. And yet they are identified as forgotten, discarded, and lonely. One of the guys told us a story about a friend of his in uh, Dubai. He was a high level government official called him up one day and said, you know what, Ken, I'm looking for a hydraulic engineer. We have this huge project going on. I need to find the best hydraulic engineer I can find. Do you know anybody? And Ken said, yeah, I do know somebody. He's 90 years old and he's my dad. So Ken asked his dad, his dad says, yeah, I'd love to talk to the guy. I would love to engage. I'd love to help. I won't charge anything. I just want to participate. And so dad got together with dude in Dubai. Dad solved the problem. Dude in Dubai is delighted. Dad's delighted. And in that one little way, they made the world better. And they made each other better. What if we could do that at scale? We all have these pet projects. One guy wants to solve the education problem in third world countries with first world education technology. One person themselves cannot solve it. But you know what? If we can get an army of people with great experience that want to participate and engage, we may be able to make things better that way. So that's something that if we're able to pull this off and make this happen and create this platform where people of like minds can just can connect and meet up and participate and give people purpose, we think we can make some good happen. So that's something that I expect I'll probably spend the rest of my life working on. Good luck with that. There is quite a bit of knowledge out there of everyone that's retired. And oh, it just it's amazing. kind of goes flat after they retire. And you know what? You're going to be part of that, right? And everybody's going, oh, Sarah's retired. Okay, well, bye, Sarah. No, God, call Sarah up and ask her questions and see if she'll talk to you, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, Sarah's going to get bored at some point in time, well, you know? Her too, maybe. Huh? <laughs> and What's a that? Too. In a year or two. Exactly. Sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to commit you to your audience. So yeah. Maybe she'll quit calling me. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, John, speaking of great pool of knowledge, you have one and it's time to play rapid fire. Oh, Our boy. main little game oh, where we ask you off the wall questions to find out more <laughs> about you. You can answer in a few words or more wordy if you like. Okay. So, somebody start a clock. John, you yes. went 
to Cal State Long Beach. Yep. There are two different mascots for your school. Really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. And you name one. 49ers. I have no idea that, what the other one is. Okay, there are three. <laughs> it was the 49ers. It was the 49ers. They updated their look, and they're called the Beach. Yes. And the baseball team is known as the Dirt Bags. I had no clue. There you go. Now you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. Heavy crisis. How many times in your life have you been asked if you're related to the motorcycle company? Oh, more than I can count. And so, you know, the Suzuki is the smith of Japanese names. There's more Suzukis out there than any other Japanese name out there. And my dad, I told you my dad was Japanese-American. He wanted me to bleed red, white, and blue. So he gave me kind of an American name, John James. So if you think if you think about it, John James Smith, it, it couldn't get more common than that. Speaking of transportation, what was your first car? My first car was a, oh my gosh, a 1978 Honda Accord that I absolutely totaled. All right, John, name all the places you've lived. Um, Tachikawa, Japan, Syracuse, New York, San Bernardino, California, Torrance, California, Redondo Beach, California, Long Beach, California, Honolulu, Hawaii, Seattle, Washington, and now San Diego. Dang. You love quotes and phrases. What's your very favorite quote that you have not come up with? My absolute favorite quote, because I've patterned my life after it, is one that people give me credit for, but I did not come up with it. And that saying is, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It just rings so true to me. So so my biggest job is to show that you care. All right, John, I've got two more. You probably know what's coming. You're riding down with Interstate 4, tops down. Maybe you're thinking about, I got to go home, write some more on the book, or I'm preparing for the podcast, so I need to turn on my jam. Yeah, no, this is terrible. I am such a creature of habit. I like the Eagles. I like Earth, Wind, and Fire. I like Michael Jackson. I like the Beatles. The Beatles are awesome. I like Elvis Presley. I like country. I'm a huge country guy. I love Tim McGraw. But it's really, really cool because my kids like to listen to my music. You know, they, they, kids, kids these days, they like listening to Earth, Wind & Fire, right? And they like listening to, to our genre of, of music back then. I never, I, my dad, I, I grew up with my dad listening to Perry Como. I mean, who would, why would any, now Frank Sinatra is, is really cool. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm old school. I'm old school. <laughs> Your favorite Earth, Wind & Fire song? Um, September. You remember? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. And if you guys ever have a chance to see them in concert, you know, a lot of the original guys aren't there anymore, but, but the group has is, is kind of gone through a new generation. They are amazing. They are amazing. <laughs> So, yeah. No. All right. Uh, favorite book and you've read in the last five years? Oh, this is, a, this is a really good question. My favorite book is a book that I, I've read two or three times in the last two years called Culture Map. And this book talks about different cultures and how they communicate, how they make decisions. You know, the Asian cultures are very, very different from 
the European and the Western cultures. Uh, they, they're very hierarchical. The Western cultures are very much more democratic. And this is a book that I, I recommend. And we actually did a series of, uh, I did a series of book talks. And I went through the entire book for the company. And, and it's one that I recommend for everybody because this business is, I said this long ago, I said this a long, long time ago, that someday in North Carolina, you guys were going to get international travelers that, that never even thought of North Carolina, the Outer Banks. And every market out there is going to start receiving more and more international travelers. And we saw that happen in COVID. And you're, you're, you're going to start seeing this because of artificial intelligence and computer learning. You're seeing it today in Amazon, where Amazon takes all the data and says, Sarah, you did all this stuff. You're going to, you're, you're going to love these products. And you go, oh, I hate this because of right. Well, guess what? Guess what's going to happen in vacations? And we're seeing that happen right now on the OTAs. We're taking data of travelers and we're going, oh, these people have gone here. This has been some of their behavior. They might like Branson, Missouri. And so people are discovering Branson, Missouri. People are discovering Winter Park, Colorado, who never even thought of those places, but are being presented those places as ideas. And so this is even more important why I think this book Culture Map is so important. I'm not being paid a commission for selling Culture Map books, but um, it's a book that I absolutely love. And for me, as an American, as, as a Japanese American, I had a lot of aha moments that came out of that book, like, Oh, seriously? That's why we do these things? Highly recommend it. I've talked way too much. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is called Rapid Fire, John. <laughs> but you said I could talk. <laughs> All right, last one for me. You're scanning the channels on TV. And what is it, that show or that movie that you stop on and watch for the 15th time? Yellowstone. It's a cowboy movie. And it's, it's Kevin, with Kevin Costner. And it's just a, it's just a kick butt. Here's what I would love to do as a, as a cowboy. And of course, half of it's illegal. You guys have seen me up on stage with my cowboy boots and I ride uh, up in a ranch in, in Canada. I love the whole cowboy thing. But yeah, Yellowstone. I don't think Kevin Costner wears a blue blazer, though, with his cowboy boots. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, as usual, you win nothing, John, for playing our little game. But we appreciate <laughs> playing. Okay. And well, so- thank you. We, of course, have been talking to John Suzuki, the global evangelist and ombudsman for Expedia Group and Verbo for the past many years, who has just recently retired from the role there. And as we wrap up the show and move on, anything else you want to pass on to our listeners and your friends who you've known for years? You know, I love you guys. And our paths are going to cross again. We all still have a lot of runway and we're all about making the world better. And it's all about love. So I don't want to lose touch with anybody. My email address is johnsuzuki at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to our paths crossing soon. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tim, for having me. Thank you, Sarah, for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk to your audience. And most importantly, tell them how grateful I am for their love and this whole experience. So thank you. Well, thank you, John, for the love you've given to everyone. I know everyone's going to miss you. Expedia is losing quite the evangelist that they had. You're going to be hard shoes to fill. So we can't wait to hear about the book. We'll listen to the podcast and see what you're up to next with this high-tech, non-profit. 
Well, fantastic. Okay, folks, you know, we haven't done this in a while, but if you like what you've heard, please go to Apple and put a good review in place for us because we really rely on you to spread the word for us. We want to continue to be one of the top 10% podcasts in the world, and we can only do that with your help. You can always communicate with us on Facebook or on our website, or you can give us a call at 336-612-1612. Leave us some voice message. Be prepared to be on the show if you do, though, because we love to hear from our guests. So thanks again, John. Appreciate it. As always, super job, Sarah. So long. Bye, guys.